and welcome to another Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. I am your host, Michael Kernodal, and today our educator is none other than J.J. Patashaw, and the topic is sound development. We're talking about guitar tone today. So hopefully you have your guitar with us, with you, with you today and you're ready to jump in and play along. Um, I just want to remind you that, yes, you are muted, but we love your interaction. So go into that chat feature and just type in any questions or comments you may have. And we're going to leave some time for our educators to answer them. Um, I want to remind you that um, this wouldn't be possible without our awesome sponsors and you know about them, but hey, guess what? Be sure to check out the studio archives, our past video sessions at clearwaterjazz.com's education outreach section. And that's brought to you by Blue Water Wealth Management at Stewart Partners and Duke Energy, as well as our Young Lions podcast available wherever you stream. And that's brought to you by our friends at Marine Max Clearwater. Just search Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Uh, I, thank you for joining us these past weeks. We've had some awesome sessions with JJ, and he's been teaching us about different songs and, and tone and, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, if you missed that, go back in the archives but without any delay we're going to bring jj on if you don't know him i mean he is an awesome educator and instrumentalist musician um, you've probably seen him on stages all over uh, tampa bay and the country i mean he's he's everywhere so i mean growing up he was surrounded by some of the finest musicians and entertainers in the southeast he was brought up on music ranging from like louis armstrong ray charles stevie wanted neville brothers willie nelson bob marlin and the whaler so today yes you can catch him out there doing his thing but today we're going to see him live and direct here talking about guitar tone. So, J.J. Patashaw, the stage is all yours. Mike, thanks so much for that wonderful intro. It's always a pleasure to be here with the Clearwater Jazz Holiday and with you here. It's always a great way for me to kick off my week um, here with the Jazz Master Virtual Sessions uh, if you are returning, hey, thank you for, for joining me again. And if this is your first time here, well, welcome. Uh, this is a great community space where we get to hang out in uh, the virtual jazz lounge, if you will, and uh, just talk about music and uh, all things jazz. And so one of the things uh, that, you know, when, that I'm doing specifically is uh, these lessons are geared towards guitar players, but they're like all of the lessons in our archives. There's always something to to learn, no matter who the instructor is. Uh, maybe you're looking, maybe you've been playing a while and you're just looking for some new ideas, a new approach, um, or just different ways of approaching things. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think that there, there truly is something for everybody here. Um, and if, there, if this is new to you, um, you have access, free access to uh, priceless information, really. And it's just, there's, there's so much great information up on the site, on the YouTube channel. You can listen to it on the podcast. Now they have it in podcast form, so you can listen to it uh, in between classes while at work. You know, if you're doing something where you can kind of listen in a little bit, um, 
there's all there's some great there's some great information. So one of the things that I have been doing over the last several weeks is that we're we're trying to lay the groundwork for musicians and specifically guitar players who are relatively new to the jazz realm. Maybe you're in an ensemble. Uh, maybe you're joining a high school or middle school jazz band. Maybe you're joining a college jazz band. And maybe if you're even a little bit older, um, you, you have the opportunity to join a community jazz band, which there are many and a number of them in the area as well, which is a great resource. Um, jazz can be, um, can seem, I don't want to say that it is, but jazz can seem daunting at times because it is so, uh, the influence has, so many rich influences it has a great history um and i like to say like anything that jazz kind of comes into contact with it just has this unique ability to blend and to create something new and exciting so but kind of knowing how to navigate that can be uh can be confusing at times and overwhelming i just and i speak from my own experience so what i'm trying to do now is essentially lay the groundwork and give you maybe some of the tools that I wish I had been given or communicated in a way that that works for me. Um, so over the last few weeks, we've talked about um, navigating the fret, the fretboard and kind of how to internalize it. Um, but this time we're going to take a little detour today and we're going to talk about something uh, a little different, which is but equally important. And that is your tone and really developing your sound. So I'm going to do a screen share here real quick. And pull this up. All right. So this is what I'm calling my sound and color series. And this will be our first lesson. And these won't be necessarily consecutive lessons. You, you don't necessarily have to listen to these in a particular order, um, but hopefully as this archive, this series builds up um, kind of a catalog of lessons, you can kind of pop in and grab the ones that you need. Um, so today what we're talking about is guitar tone specifically. Um, so over the next couple months, what I want to help you do too is how to develop a guitar rig. Uh, there are, and what that is basically a guitar rig is basically your rig is your setup. Everything from your amp, your processors, your pedals, uh, just when you set up somewhere, when you go to the gig, the gear, all your gear that you're bringing with you specifically, you know, to, to play um, your part and everything that you're loading in, you're, you're setting up, that's your rig. Okay. So that includes loop stations. That includes, uh, like I said, pedal boards, amps, uh, cabinets, everything. So, but you know, within the realm of jazz, and we're going to be gearing these primarily towards each uh, scenario is a little different, but so we will tailor this specifically to um, the majority of these topics will be geared towards the jazz um, arena, if you will, and um, maybe like some roots rock kind of related styles. But the, the principles apply across the board. So when we're talking about sound, right? When I say sound and color, right? So as a jazz musician, we've been talking about just laying the groundwork just to cover the part. And that's kind of what we're gonna do today in a way as well. But it's just important in the beginning um, to be able to 
execute your part successfully and to do it in a way that is professional, that it, to do it in a way that is also um, intentional. That's a good word, I think. And to really think through, not overthink it, but to, to be intentional, to think through the things that uh, the way you approach your playing. And so we'll talk about what that means. Um, and so when we're talking about sound, you're going to hear this over and over and over as you dive deeper into jazz. It's one of the things I think that is, I won't say it's completely unique to the style, but it's just such a core aspect of, of what it means to be a uh, quote unquote jazz musician, that idea of developing your own voice, right? Yes, we're listening to our influences, whether it be Miles Davis, whether you're listening to Wes Montgomery, whether you're listening to Jimi Hendrix, uh, it, all of those artists, those sounds that you're internalizing, right? You're, you're taking some of their licks, you're learning how to play what they do to create, but ultimately what you're doing is that you're creating your own language, you're creating your own sound. We are all, right, just like, you know, we are the product of our, our upbringing, you know, our parents, our grandparents, those individuals, our teachers that influence us in a positive way. Music is the same way, right? We have our, our musical mentors, these people who have laid the groundwork for us. And what we can do is to learn from them, take the pieces that resonate with us, but then distill it in a way that uh, is wholly our own, right? To me, I love George Benson, but at the end of the day, I'm not George Benson, right? Uh, no, matter, no matter how much I love Michael Jackson's music, I'm never gonna sound like Michael Jackson when I sing. So it's up to me to take the essence, if you will, the spirit of Michael Jackson or the spirit of Wes Montgomery and essentially to internalize that in a way. And um, the, I think maybe the, I, I heard Pat Metheny once in an interview talking about, you know, one of the greatest ways we can show is essentially to, I'm paraphrasing, but more or less to honor kind of some of these musical ancestors is essentially to, um, to find our own voice, right? Yes, learn the way these individuals play, develop your sound. But at the end of the day, then what we need to do is we need to take a step further and continue to develop our own voice. That's already been done, right? Miles Davis, he's already done that thing. Find your own voice. And how that's going to happen is a product of, is a combination of what you're listening to, the things that, you know, the, the language that you play on your instrument, but also the way that you play that instrument physically, mechanically. And so for us as guitar players, that we have a, a different realm, right? With a, if you're a horn player, a lot of it has to do with you know, your, your tone on the instrument, the way you articulate things. Um, what, maybe if you maybe have a breathier sound, maybe you have a you know, fat tone like Freddie Hubbard, right? Miles Davis and Freddie Hubbard are two incredible virtuosic players with two completely distinct sounds, right? Just thinking about them convey, right? Brings to, um, it brings to mind a specific approach to the instrument. And so the guitar, we have that as well, 
in the way that we play physically, right? So how we, you know, some people are heavy players, some people lay back, some people are on top of the beat, some people feel it on the back end. These are all things that we will discuss further. But as guitar players, we also have an added element in that we have equipment that we have to work with, right? We have gear. So especially if you're playing it more often than not, we're going to be playing, uh, we're going to have to amplify because there's no way we're going to, uh, we're going to cut through that sound with it, with an acoustic instrument. Uh, even if you're playing an acoustic guitar, you're probably going to have to mic it at the very least. Um, so we have to, to account for the gear that we're using. Now, today, what we're going to focus on, I'm going to help you in the next several months to how to kind of thinking through how to put a rig together, right? How to kind of put all that together so that you can really start to develop your, your creative voice. But again, right now, it's just about covering the part. Today, we have to work with what we have. And I know this from my own experience, I still experience this today is that there's always that next piece of gear, right? That next guitar, it's never ending. It's the musician's dilemma. We get one guitar and we're already thinking about the next one. I'm sure it's the same for other musicians, but there's always that new piece of gear that we want. Well, today, whether it's for financial reasons, maybe you don't have, or maybe, you know, you don't really know what you need yet, which is half of it. Uh, sometimes just accessibility as far as you might be limited in your options. So as what is available in the vicinity of wherever you live, um, you know, a lot of things are available online now, but either way, there are all sorts of factors that come to play as to why you may or may not uh, be able to have that ideal piece of gear today. So what we have to do is work with what we have. And that is part of, to me, uh, the essence of being a jazz musician is to improvise, to be resourceful and to work with what we have today. Because at the end of the day, right? If somebody calls you up and says, can you play this gig uh, this Friday? It's downtown, We're starting at eight, playing a gig, you know, eight to 11, can you be there? You don't want to say no, right? You're like, yeah, take the gig. Don't let something, your gear stop you because, well, I don't have that piece that I need. I can tell you from uh, the, if you, if you wait for that, you'll be sitting at home. So the thing to do is to maximize what you have. So that brings us to our next thing here. Let's see here. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is just a couple things. We'll move kind of quick. I'm going to give you, I have, um, this is an Ibanez, this is a hollow body guitar right here. So this is my the LGB 30 George Benson model from Ibanez. And I'll briefly also use, I've got a Fender Strat over here that I'm going to show you as far as just how to dial in some tone. And what we're going to talk about briefly is just um, Analyzing, first of all, the playing scenario that you're in, that will determine the sound that you need. Uh, looking, okay, I know that I've got this gig or I've got an on, in your case, it may be you have a concert coming up or a rehearsal. Uh, and so what you need to do then is you need to evaluate the gear that you have. All right, I don't have 
you know, that piece of software that I need or what I'd really like that one pedal, but I've got this, you know, I've got this kind of starter amp that I got for, for uh, my birthday, whatever it is. And um, I've got this guitar and I've got a guitar and I got an amp. That's what we're going for right now. Okay. That works. And then what you're going to do is you're going to look at, you're going to work with what you have so that you can cover the part. And then as you do that, what we want to do is I'm going to show you the next thing to do is, okay, now we need to maximize. We need to dial in that tone. Uh, look at the full capacity. What is that piece of gear? If you have an amp, maybe it's a, an amp that your guitar came with, right? Maybe it's, maybe you're just starting out. I, I know there are a lot of like starter packs when you get like a, a loan, like a, like a Squire strap, for instance, it'll give you like an amp and a guitar. Um, you're probably going to need something more powerful, honestly. Um, and amps are, you can get a solid amp um, for a pretty affordable price today. Um, but, you know, things are tight at times, right? So work with what you got. Um, the other thing is in as far as learning to use your ears, okay, as to determine also the tone they need to get. And then what we'll talk about is laying, this is gonna lay the groundwork for us to begin to build a rig. So I'm just showing you what I'm working with today this is a Fender Superchamp X2. It's, you know, nothing flashy, but it covers the part. Honestly, uh, you know, here's a case in point. I just got this guitar a few months ago and it's a great guitar. Um, I had purchased the amp, uh, maybe like within the year, but prior to getting the guitar, not knowing that I was going to be in the position to get this guitar. Uh, and so I, I bought the amp based off of the gear, the guitar that I was playing prior, right? The, the kind of the scenario, playing scenarios that I was in uh, prior to getting this guitar, right? And we'll talk about what that means, uh, you know, having the right gear for particular scenarios. But so case in point, I'm starting to realize that this amp may not be, it's a great amp, but I'm not sure if it's going to, if it's going to help me do what I need to do moving forward, right? For the direction that I know I want to move professionally, creatively, um, it's, it's doing the job and that's the most important thing I can make it work. And that's what it's all about but I'm starting to see the limitations. And the only way you figure out those limitations is by sitting with that gear and just experimenting with it. I can tell you, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I've been in scenarios where, yeah, maybe I wish I had a you know, certain piece of equipment. You work with what you have, whether it's your phone, right? If you're recording, it has a high capacity, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe you wanna have that laptop that you're working towards. Maybe you wanna have a desktop, right? Get that iMac. Um, but this phone will get you pretty far if you have a smartphone, right? So that's an, that's just a case in point. Work with what you have today. Don't let it stop you. So this amp is pretty straightforward. It's a 10 inch speaker, 90 Watts. It's kind of a hybrid solid state and tube. And it's pretty, it's relatively small. Uh, it's 15 inches by just under 18 inches. And, um, it isn't too heavy, which is nice. So. And it gets a good tone. So nice warm tone. So what I end up doing in this case, right, even though um, now it's not the most powerful 
Uh, I just played a gig over the weekend. It's 4th of July weekend. And um, I was having to ride the amp pretty hot because I wasn't getting a good mix through the monitor. In that scenario, it wasn't ideal because I was maxing the amp out volume wise. I couldn't get any higher, louder. I don't really like to play super loud. I like to be mindful of my volume. Um, if I had known that scenario, I probably would have gone ahead and that it was going to be what it was. I would have mic'd it differently. Okay. So all that to say is, but it, at the end of the day, it did the job um, in large ensembles. If this particular amp needs to be mic'd. If you're working with a smaller amp, that's okay. If you don't have a, you know, a really powerful amp, an option that you can try is to get a mic on it so that if you're in a playing scenario and if you're working with a PA or you can run it into the house PA system, your sound system, right? If you're playing a concert, whether it's at your school or if you're playing out with your jazz ensemble, talk to your instructor and see if you can get, if you don't have a powerful amp, don't let it stop you. Just see if you can get a mic on it or maybe run a line out of it. Sometimes they'll have like a, where you can run a quarter inch or an XLR out of the back of the amp. And then see if you can, you know, patch into the house PA, because if you can do that, then that kind of solves one of your, pro one of your problems. So this is kind of like what we're going to talk about now um, is just the general setup. So this is kind of the EQ. It's pretty straightforward up here. We're talking about tone. It's pretty basically the way this amp, this amp actually has some, some basic modeling effects here. If I hit this channel select button, it gives me some distortion. And this dial right here allows me to control the amount of gain that I need. This dial over here where it says voices, these are basically some, some amp models. So I go through it find the one that I need based off of and they're actually decent sounds if you don't have a pedal like a distortion pedal but you need some distortion this amp actually has some pretty good sounds um, and then the volumes right here you've got your treble your bass this is kind of your effects over here if you can get an amp if you this is so that brings us to our next point is that uh, let's say you want to get some pedals um, but you have maybe have limited funds. Maybe you get some birthday money or something like that, or uh, your parents are help. If you're uh, whether you're working and you're buying yourself, or whether you have your parents helping you out, that's totally cool too, right? With whatever the the funds that you have available, an option is to get an amp that has some modeling in it. There, this amp um, today, like right, this amp doesn't necessarily have like digital effects in it, but you can get some great amps that do have some really nice digital effects. You can even customize them and save like your, you can adjust them and save your settings uh, within some of these amps, which is a really cool feature. And it's an option so that um, if you just, today you need an amp, you're gonna get, start building up your pedals in a couple months, get an amp with some modeling in it. If you, if you think it's necessary, and see if you can dial in those sounds. So now this basic here, what we're gonna do is, but today we're not really so much concerned with all of the effects as I am right here, just looking at this. And I'm not, we're not gonna talk too much about distortion today. I'll talk with you more about um, dialing and like pedals and things like that down the road. Um, but today, again, we're thinking at this, I've got an amp and I've got a guitar 
and I've got to get the best sound. I've got to get the most mileage out of what I have. So what I do here is I look at my settings. I've got right here, treble, bass, some basic effects. And what I would recommend is figure out the playing scenario, right? We'll go back to that screen in just a second. Look at your playing scenario. Look at the um, the capabilities, what this, what your gear has the capacity to do. So if I go back to this, right? So let's just talk about in the case right now, uh, a pretty generic scenario will be, one will be a, um, getting ready, a rehearsal, right? Rehearsal with your jazz ensemble at your school or college, wherever you are. Um, at, or performance, same idea if you guys are preparing for a concert. So putting it within the context of a jazz ensemble. Um, and then the other would be, let's just say you're going to go to a jazz jam. So those are pretty jazz jams are kind of, uh, you know, a, a preparing for a concert in an ensemble. It's a little more of a controlled scenario because, right, usually you're going to be in a band room, you're going to be in a, or maybe an auditorium. And the dynamics, for the most part, don't change once you're in there. There are, you just have a little more, you have more ability to control the sound between yourself and as well as you'll have usually have sound engineers or you might have a, an in-house tech that can help you, right? So um, if you're playing a concert specifically, rehearsals are still fairly contained, right? Not a lot of outside things coming into it when you go step into like a jazz jam sometimes you know when it's on it's on and sometimes it can be <laughs> depending where the jam is it can be chaos so because people play different volumes people play different energy levels depending where the whether it's at a you know a club in your city where they have it or if it's at a coffee house right though even just those two types of things so just looking at the environment is another way to also evaluate how you're going to approach your sound but for now let's just put it as we're in our jazz ensemble and then maybe you're going to go to like a uh like a, a jazz jam somewhere in town so uh what we're going to do here is when i look at now evaluating the scenario again right now we're just looking at the fact that i have limited gear so what i do is i say okay the main things are in jazz in a traditional let's just say we're going to stay on the realm of more traditional straight ahead for now. Okay. Because that's what we, that's when you're entering into the jazz world, if you will, um, you're going to be coming at, let's just think of it as you're going to be getting the building blocks are going to be rooted in a lot of swing straight ahead, bebop, hard bop, uh, blues. So let's just come at it from that angle. Right. If you're somebody that is really into, let's just say, you know, Chick Chickaria or John McLaughlin or Aldi Miola, and you're really like, or Snarky Puppy, right? Um, and uh, Butcher Brown, any of those kind of groups, like contemporary artists, that's the direction you want to go. We'll get to that. But to now, let's just kind of reel it in and keep it focused. I need to just get a good, clean tone. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> get a good, clean tone uh, to, to get that kind of traditional jazz sound and how do I do that? Uh, so first we'll start with a traditional, a more traditional instrument. So if you have a hollow body, that's great. 
for everybody from Wes Montgomery to George Benson to Mark Whitfield uh, is playing to Pat Matheny. You'll see them often playing on uh, a hollow body. And we'll talk more about guitars and how to select guitars down the road too. But now we're just coming in at as, you know, doesn't really matter the guitar you have. You're just working with what's at your disposal today. So today for the moment, this is what I have. I say, okay, what do I need to focus on? The main thing I would say is shoot for a warm sound, warm sound. Every guitar is going to be built a little different, right? For this guitar has a very acoustic quality to it. It has a very, just naturally has a kind of a, a, a warmth to it, right? We're dealing with, it's a, I mean, it's, it's you can see this it's a pretty chunky guitar it has it's not the, the the deepest you know body but at the same time compared to some but it's a it's a full hollow body compared to like something like a gibson 335 that would be um more would lend into more of like a rock realm as well so we're dealing with kind of a traditional sound so all I really need to do is I need to, first of all, I need to, to amplify it. I need to bring, give myself enough volume. So what I mean by that is, so you've got your tone controls. Every guitar is going to be slightly different. This basically, the knobs here, the first thing you want to look at, okay, depending, you know, if whether you're playing on a Strat, whether you're playing on a Tele or something like this, this is a three-way just know that more often than not, when it's a three-way, you're going to the neck pickup. In the middle is going to be, so that's the neck. The next one is going to be here where I'm combining, in the middle combines the two pickups. And then when I flip down to the bottom here, that engages the bridge pickup, okay? Now, for all intents and purposes, today we're going to work with the neck pickup because more often than not, when you're playing jazz, you want that, again, if you're going for that, let's just use like Wes Montgomery as our guide or Kenny Burrell, something like that. Then what I want to do is I want to grab that neck pickup because now you can hear it. Here's my neck, middle. You can hear it getting brighter. The sound also kind of thins out in a certain way. It's still a great sound, but maybe not appropriate for this particular scenario. I'm playing, uh, let's just say you're playing in big band or a sextet, something like that, or quartet even, um, quintet. The cool thing is too, depending, so let's just start there. I've got my volume wide open right now. This is my volume knob right here. And this right here is going to be my uh, kind of the tone control. Let's X out of this for a moment. So, so I'm on the neck pickup. The next thing I want to do, you can hear that's already pretty chunky. Just bring my volume down back here. Now, my settings. Um, This is kind of a, this bottom screen right here, or this bottom photo. This is kind of where my amp is set at right now. So I've got my treble, I've got my bass, and then I've got just a little bit, I've actually, if you could look over here, I've just got it set with some, just a smidge 
of reverb, right? I'm just at, at about a three there. So you want to find that balance between the treble and the bass to get a warm tone. Again, these guitars in general, if you're playing on like a hollow body, already kind of have a certain warmth to it. My thought is you want enough treble, right? You want enough, excuse me, let's back up. I'm going to bring enough low end in to just round out that tone, but I don't want it too much where it starts to get muddy, especially if you're in like, a, if you're in a big band, if I am, that might change the amount of low end I want on my guitar. If it's just me with a singer, right? Maybe I'm, I'm backing up a vocalist. Maybe you have the opportunity to go do a setup in a restaurant or a lounge somewhere, and you're going to back up a vocalist. They need an accompanist. You can play jazz standards, maybe even some light pop tunes, whatever. I can, I can beef up if I want that low end, but when I have a full, if I have a, the, the reality is if I have too much of that, it starts to muddy out the definition of the notes. And then the other thing is, right? So I want just enough. I want to bring some treble into it. The treble is going to be my high end. Now some, this is a pretty uh, minimalistic uh, amp in the sense that I can only adjust my treble and my bass. Some have more ability, right? You have the ability to uh, customize your EQ uh, more with certain amps, right? You might have a three-way where you can do your trebles, your mids, and your bass, right? Or it might just say low, middle, high. That's another way often you'll see on the amps. Uh, this is just a treble and a bass. So what I do is me, I'm bringing my amp here. Yeah, it's the same setting right now, making sure anything can get bumped. So basically I'm right around a six, between a six and seven. That might even be a little high, but I'm here right by myself doing this lesson with you and I want to even in this case I want to get a nice a nice warm tone so that I can convey this to you and then the treble I need that treble to slice that I say like to kind of cut through so that if you're in a large ensemble especially like if I'm playing if you're playing in the with a full rhythm section I'm going to be playing the upper extensions of a lot of the, the harmony of the chords. Versus, right, where I'm playing full six string chords, right? So more often than not. So in order to do that, I need enough treble to cut through the top but I also don't want, if I have too much treble, I'll show you what I mean. It ends up sounding like, here's, uh, here's like some ba more balanced treble. I don't even know, if, I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear this great over this mic, but let's hear. I'll play some rhythm here so you can kind of get a better sense. Now, if I bring a little more treble into it, that's a more balanced. Here's more treble. You can already hear it.
I roll the treble way back, way mellow. There's no way though, right? It doesn't sound bad, but I'm losing definition, and I'm gonna. There's no way that that's gonna be able to slice through if I'm playing in a full ensemble. So the idea is, you want it just enough treble, right? Uh, you, you want enough that you can cut through a large ensemble and so that you have some definition but not so much that it's super bright because after a while even when you if something becomes too bright it can actually become abrasive in the way that it, and it can uh, kind of mess with your ears a little bit so so i try to find that balance now that's just kind of a general guideline find enough trouble to cut through not so much that it gets uh, that it's too bright and abrasive. Same thing with the low end. This is a more balanced uh, bass. If I kick up the bass, it sounds like this. If I roll it way back, I'm taking out the bass completely. You don't necessarily want that either. So now it's just, it feels to me like um, it's very thin. It's very flat in a certain way. It's almost like it has no, uh, no body to it. So I bring, I want just enough body. So, I, and this is kind of all trial and error. The whole idea too, right? is to experiment, find a guitar player. If it's somebody like, find somebody with a really distinct tone. Uh, if you listen to somebody like Wes Montgomery, because he has such a distinct sound and in many ways, I feel like uh, really laid the groundwork for what we think of as traditional, like that straight ahead sound when it comes to guitar. Uh, he did such a, it, that sound is so synonymous with him so that everybody after him from Kenny Burrell to uh, <laughs> to Pat Metheny, all the guitar players I named before, uh, he wasn't the only one by any, by any means, but he's an important one. And so it's a great starting point. So if you can, what I would do is, you know, no matter what it is, see, same thing. I'm gonna show you how to do that with the Strat in just a second as well, uh, because again, work with what you have you can still yeah it's even if you're if you have a a, hot, a solid body guitar like maybe you have a les paul like a gibson les paul or a fender strat or telecaster or something like that don't let that deter you from playing the music because at the end of the day it's all about the language that you play it's all about experimenting you can still get a close approximation to the sound. I've been playing on a solid body guitar. I was playing a telly on most of my gigs up until recently. So, and I got pretty close and there are other ways that we'll talk about. There are certain pedals you can use also to kind of work around certain scenarios, effects pedals that is. Um, but again, when you're dialing a tone, listen to it and experiment okay does that sound brighter does it sound warmer uh and remember older recordings aren't always you know the best gauge you know, recording just like 
our instruments have come a long way. Our tech, our the the technology when it comes to the instruments that we have access to. Recording technology has also come a long way as well. So sometimes, you know, the recordings, unfortunately, that we deal with, especially when we're dealing with the early kind of uh, progenitors of this music, aren't always the highest quality recording. But do the best you can. Dial it in. Okay, that sounds like a pretty warm tone and start tweaking your your guitar see what it sounds and see if you can get to match it if you've got a three-way low mid high kind of see okay start you know at like 12 when i say 12 o'clock get your dial you know around i'd say like around six o'clock or like a level six five six that's gonna be pretty like standard right that's kind of middle of the road from there, you can either add or subtract as needed. Maybe put everything right at about five or six. And from there, now start customizing. If it's Wes, if it's John, right? Listen to the way, listen to somebody like that, but then listen to the way uh, Pat Metheny might, uh, the kind of tone that he gets. And it becomes kind of a fun exercise in a way to see if you can match tones, right? And the other thing is, right, is this, your reverb that's probably i would say out of all the effects in the beginning the balance between your basic eq and some reverb is going to get you a, pretty far in the beginning okay and the thing with reverb that you have to be careful with too again i have enough there's a, this room is kind of resonant as well so i have some light reverb now if i kick it way up it sounds like this right and things are getting real muddy real fast getting very washed out that might work in certain scenarios if you're playing something super experimental or very sat you're doing a lot of soundscapes and experimental music there's some great bands out there today like krong ben that kind of like indie funk band that's out. Um, they do some really, Tom Mish, they do some really great stuff with like kind of really wet effects. When I say wet, I mean like uh, lots of reverb, um, very ethereal, very experimental. So there is a place for that, but this isn't it. So what I wanna do is bring that back. I think for, this is personal taste. You want just enough reverb that it gives again you're filling out the body because again with our instrument versus like a horn we just have a different set of dynamics to work with and so what we want to do essentially is uh we want it to be expressive we want it to be warm you can hear it on the back end And that might even be a little much, but that's kind of, that's right around a three on my reverb. So right here, if I kind of right where it is, I could roll it back even just a little bit. But the, again, it's that balance. You want just enough that it gives it a little bit of depth, but it doesn't start to wash it out because if it's completely dry, that's okay, but there's, You can hear 
There's no delay. There's no echo. There's, excuse me, it's very dry. And so that has its place as well, but I think you could afford to probably bring in, I personally like to bring in just a little bit of reverb, not too much, but just enough that it gives, uh, it's almost like it gives it a more of a vocal quality or something about it that it just has a little more resonance um, and just a slight effect, nothing too crazy. You know, you still want it to sound, I think natural is what we're going for something that sounds uh, because even when you play like an acoustic guitar, what happens? It rings on the the overtones in the in in your steel string acoustic guitar, right? It just kind of it rings out. So this kind of gives us a little bit of that um, that brilliance in a way, without um, without overdoing it is what we want to be careful of. So it's all about balance. It's about trial and error. Again, if you listen to West Montgomery, very little reverb versus Pat Metheny, who had who is known for adding effects to his uh, to his guitar chorus, reverb, some delay, which are all phenomenal effects that we'll talk about. But right now, again, you can also the way that you control your volume, no volume. This is strictly acoustic. Sometimes if I'm playing rhythmically, I'll roll back the volume a little bit here so that I can play a little heavier, especially if I'm playing like in a big, I'm playing like Freddie Green style. It allows me to play a little more rhythmically, whereas I bring more volume into it it's just going to be a different approach i'm not going to play maybe quite not going to come down quite as heavy on the strings so experiment two right if i want to thin out some of that tone sometimes i can leave my settings as they are in the amp but i can do it through the volume here okay you can kind of use your volume to your advantage and again my tone control here is pretty wide open on the guitar itself because I'm controlling most of my tone through the amp specifically here but if you're in a scenario where you need to right you can balance it out get your settings how you like them here and adjust make it you know any kind of minor adjustments you need with the guitar itself briefly what I'm just going to do real quick before we pack up and go is I'll show you how to take this now to those of you, maybe you're working with a solid body guitar, and this will only take a second. The same principles. I'm not gonna. I'm not really gonna adjust the, the tone on the amp too much, maybe slightly. So right here, I've got my Fender. It's a Texas Lone Star Strat you're gonna notice right off the bat, the tone is completely different. It's a great guitar, I love this guitar. And for, it's gotten me very far. <laughs> I love this guitar, it's gotten me very far. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, okay. Um, but 
Even so, now, right? I've, I haven't even touched the, the settings on this amp, but what I like to do with this, when I'm playing, if I have a, a solid body, now I might go ahead and crank up. Not a ton. Again, it can still get muddy, but I'll allow myself to kick up the low end just a little bit so I can fill it out, okay? And so, and then what I can do is same thing. This guitar is relatively bright as it is. I keep most of my tone knobs pretty wide open here. This is a five way. So if you have a, right, if you have a five way, sometimes it's the Telecaster, usually it's gonna be three way, but this is five. So that's basically neck pickup when I'm here. This one is gonna be these two pickups, the neck and the middle. This one engages the middle. This is the middle with the bridge. And then all the way down is gonna be just the bridge. You can hear that tone is probably best reserved for like surf rock. But this tone, I'm still going with the neck pickup here. And for let's just use the neck as our default for jazz for now, for more traditional, just because, just because I'm gonna get the kind of the biggest and the warmest tone I find. So you can already hear that like the the tone is already going to be a slightly different the definition the way the the the, the timbre of the strings I can tell is a little brighter naturally these are also round wound strings the the strings on this hollow body are flat wounds so just the texture the literally the texture of the string changes the way the just the overall, um, the timbre and the sound, uh, and the tech and the, the the physical texture of the strings changes the timbre, you know, and the tone of the strings. So what I might do is I might even roll off that. I'm not going to need as much treble here, so I'm going to roll that off a bit. Same idea here. If I bring too much reverb in as well. Sounds kind of cool, actually, but for this playing scenario, it's not really what I need. You can experiment with that on your own. And please do experiment because that's how you develop your sound, right? Is as you start to dial it in for per different scenarios and as you try to mimic or imitate other players, right? Trying to figure out, well, what are John Schofield's settings? How does he get that tone out of his guitar? As you start to do that, that's how more often, sometimes it's even by accident that you stumble into playing, like stumble into sounds where you're like, oh, what is that? What did I just do? Sometimes there's been more than once where I hit something on the amp or I accidentally change up a setting and I land on something where it's kind of a, it's a surprise. And so then at that point, I'm like, well, what was that? And I go back and I try to recreate it. And I was like, oh, I like that. Or I never want to do that again, whatever it might be. But so I rolled off that treble a little bit here. I'm going to bring my treble on the amp down to about a four. And I'm going to bring the reverb down. I might even roll back the volume a little bit here so I can play a little heavier. I can also bring the volume down here on the amp if I need to. But now check this out. Now, 
it's not exactly like a hollow body, but it's still pretty warm. Uh, let's see here. these tones too which is kind of cool with some of this if you're into like new soul or anything like that i think some of these tones will translate between some of these styles pretty well um there are obviously some slight difference but some of the jazzier that those warm sounds that you're gonna that you're gonna dial in and that you're gonna experiment with it some of that will actually if you're listening to any like butcher brown or hiatus coyote or um yeah, D'Angelo, Eric Abadou, any of that kind of stuff, the RH factor, like from the 90s, early 2000s, you can get some, a lot of that tone will translate nicely. So the similar settings, right? The jazz tone kind of lends itself because that those styles in a certain way were kind of that mix of jazz and funk and R&B coming together to create what we now would call, I guess, neo neo soul. So, um, so th those tones, if you like that, will kind of transfer translate between between the styles. Okay, because you're still going for that warm tone. There are differences, obviously, um, specifically with clean tone. All right. So, but it's all a matter of trial and error, and every amp is going to be different. But I would just you know, look at what you have before just to kind of summarize one more time here as we wrap up. Let's see here. Okay, remember, you go in, evaluate a playing scenario. Again, today we were talking about as if, if you're going into whether you're going into your rehearsal or whether you're going into a jazz jam. Let's just look at it as jazz jam. One of the big things that's going to change there is the volume more often than not. But I always say, rule of thumb, here's a quick tip. Better to be too quiet and ask somebody ask you, especially this is, unfortunately, guitar players get a bad rap about this. Better for somebody to ask you to turn up than to turn down, all right? So start, you know, uh, be mindful of your volume as a guitar player. Start off lower if you need to, and just bring it up gradually. You'll know if you're maxing it out. You can even sometimes when I'm playing with certain players, I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna set this here. Uh, if it's too loud, just don't be, you know, don't hesitate to let me know. I'm happy to, to bring it down." And there, most people are cool with that. But you know, be mindful. Just be mindful of it. Just be the thing that I mentioned earlier about being intentional is that. As you every time you sit down to play from here on out, look at your settings on your amp. So often we just plug in when we start playing. But what you need to start thinking is that these your amp is an extension of your guitar and of your sound. Okay. Just as a you know, horn players try different mouse <laughs> mouthpieces, they use different mutes, right? As guitar players, we have to work with amps, we work with pedals. Um, and that's on top of just our physical approach to playing. 
But if you can get that down, be mindful, check your settings. If you find a setting you like, set it that way every time so that even when you practice, you're getting that sound. That's becoming, that's how you develop your voice, right? And you're being intentional. You're not just so often, it's just like you plug in and just start playing and you're not even paying it. We don't even pay attention to when we start out often, we don't even look at what's happening within the amp. So be intentional with your gear, dial in that you actually experiment and get the sound that you like. So that comes to evaluate and look at the gear, evaluate your gear, look at what it's capable of. Again, don't let, you know, if you've only got an amp with some reverb in it and a guitar, that is, you've got a ticket to the party. Don't, uh, don't let your gear uh, be an excuse not to, to push yourself to, to go for something or to, to go for an opportunity. You just need to know how to work with the gear that you have. Okay. Once you do that, you can start to dial it in and people will actually be, will be impressed to see like, man, that guy, he, or that, that girl, she just showed up and she just had this little amp, man, sounded like Jimi Hendrix was in the house. Okay. So there you can work and you can maximize your gear impress people you'll it's fun to surprise people with minimal gear okay i stood behind a guy at a church gig for a long time he played on this casio i mean it was i don't even know i think it was like a pv amp and it was a casio electric guitar of all guitars he sounded like prince it was it was like every time i went to church every week it was like a guitar lesson so it was like i was standing in church with Jimi hendrix and prince all at once and uh use your ears to, to figure out these different sounds. And now what you do is you hop online and you start looking at the kind of gear that your favorite guitar players are using so that you can start building your own rig. Ooh, I want a distortion pedal. Ooh, I know I need, it's time for a new amp. Amp is probably gonna be your first big investment after your guitar. So figure out amps within your price range, look at reviews, talk to friends, try them out. You can go to most music stores, let you try things out. So um, that's how you start to begin. And we'll talk more about building this rig as we go along. But I hope this was uh, an, an informative lesson for you. And I hope you got something out of it. Um, there is so much when it comes to guitar playing and so many, when it comes to gear, there's just so much stuff out there. And I'm by no means the most tech savvy, but I know on an intuitive level what I need. And I just try to get the gear to do what I need to do. So thank you to the Clearwater Jazz Holiday for having me here out again. It's always a pleasure. And I'll look forward to seeing you all next week. I've got a great lesson signed up for, for you guys. Um, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite guitar players, Leonel Loeke. So that's next week, 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Excuse me, I believe that's Monday. I need to double check that. <laughs> but Mike, thank you for uh, having me. And I hope uh, I'll look forward to seeing all of you again next week. And thank you, JJ. This has been another great informative uh, session from you. I mean, you covered so many points today. Um, I love that building that gig, building that rig up, man. I mean, the great thing about this is 
this is this session is going to be in the archives, everyone. So maybe you know someone that missed today, or you need to go back and take notes like myself. Um, you can always go back in our archives at clearwaterjazz.com slash education outreach section and check out this session again. And like you said, come back in next week um, and join in with us live. We love the interaction. Um, JJ, you're a phenomenal educator, and I love how you also brought those references um, you, you talked about some of my favorites. You said D'Angelo and Neo Soul. Man, I love I love listening to that. Um, just the creativity, man. And with this type of music, we can take it to so many directions. Um, the the possibilities are endless, right? <laughs> that that, uh, that D'Angelo, that Voodoo album. When my, I had a friend turn me on to that, and it changed my life. I was just like, I looked at, it and it had like. Roy Hargrove on trumpet and then mm -hmm. Charlie Hunter on guitar, uh, Quest Love on drums. It was just wow, a powerhouse uh, band behind him. And uh, that the guitar playing is just, it's uh, just alone on that, which just inspired me for I, I put that album on repeat for like a year <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know we we waited for so long for d'angelo to release another uh album it took years and years he act, he's actually from virginia where i'm from so oh, okay. yeah so that's an awesome thing so shout out to richmond virginia oh, yes. <laughs> but uh, i think actually i think that's where uh, butcher brown is from my buddy of mine turned me on to butcher brown not too long ago yeah, Virginia as well. Absolutely, there's a lot of musicians. You know, we always hear about Philadelphia. We hear about L.A., New York, but man, there's some top producers and musicians. I mean, if you talk about production, the Neptunes, you know, Pharrell, Missy, and and Timbaland, all of those people wow. came out of Tidewater area. So, uh, but the guitar playing, man. We are on it. We are excited to continue to learn from you, JJ, about oh, guitar. So um, if you have any comments or, you know, maybe you have some feedback, maybe it's something you want JJ to go more in depth with, just email us at info at clearorderjazz.com. We would love to hear from you on that point. And um, until next time, hey, join us next week. Tell other people, join us live, grab your guitar play along with us and I, i've been your host michael canodal and this is jj Pattershaw, our educator and musician for the day and we're going to see you next time like we always say around here keep it swinging everybody have an awesome day bye-bye Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holidays, Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Thank you to our friends at Marine Max Clearwater for helping to present this podcast series. To learn more about the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Annual Festival tradition, other special events throughout the year, and our year-round education and outreach, please visit clearwaterjazz.com.